0: January 20th, Matthew chapter 13, verses 24 through 46. Here is another story Jesus told. The kingdom of heaven is like a farmer who planted a good seed in his field. But that night, as everyone slept, his enemy came and planted weeds among the wheat. When the crop began to grow and produce grain, the weeds also grew. The farmer's servants came and told him, "'Sir, the field where you planted that good seed is full of weeds.' "'An enemy has done it,' the farmer exclaimed. "'Shall we pull out the weeds?' they asked. He replied, "'No, you'll hurt the wheat if you do. Let both grow together until the harvest. Then I will tell the harvesters to sort out the weeds and burn them and to put the wheat in the barn.'" Here is another illustration Jesus used. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed planted in a field. It is the smallest of all seeds, but it becomes the largest of garden plants and grows into a tree where birds can come and find shelter in its branches. Jesus also used this illustration. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast used by a woman making bread. Even though she used a large amount of flour, the yeast permeated every part of the dough. Jesus always used stories and illustrations like these when speaking to the crowds. In fact, he never spoke to them without using such parables. This fulfilled the prophecy that said, I will speak to you in parables. I will explain mysteries hidden since the creation of the world. Then, leaving the crowds outside, Jesus went into the house. His disciples said, Please explain the story of the weeds in the field. All right, he said. I, the son of man, am the farmer who plants the good seed. The field is the world, and the good seed represents the people of the kingdom. The weeds are the people who belong to the evil one. The enemy who planted the weeds among the wheat is the devil. The harvest is the end of the world, and the harvesters are the angels. Just as the weeds are separated out and burned— so it will be at the end of the world. I, the Son of Man, will send my angels, and they will remove from my kingdom everything that causes sin and all who do evil. And they will throw them into the furnace and burn them. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then the godly will shine like the sun in their Father's kingdom. Anyone who is willing to hear should listen and understand. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure that a man discovered hidden in a field. In his excitement, he hid it again and sold everything he owned to get enough money to buy the field and to get the treasure, too. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a pearl merchant on the lookout for choice pearls. When he discovered a pearl of great value, he sold everything he owned and bought it
1: to do primarily is one thing. I want to testify to this. I want to testify of our Heavenly Father's wonderful, saving presence in our lives. Our Heavenly Father's wonderful, rescuing presence in our lives in hopes that when your life is difficult, when you're facing times of uncertainty, overwhelming odds, difficulties, darkness, that you'll be inspired to remember the promise of scripture, that the Father is with you. And in those times, that would be for you as it has been for my family and I, enough. To know that your Father who loves you is with you, and He sustains and holds you in the darkest hours of your time here on earth. When life hurts, when things are messy and seem out of control, when all is unfair, unkind, and seems to be ending badly, what is the issue? And what does it mean to not be afraid? That's ludicrous. What does it mean to not be afraid? And what does it mean to fear God in those times? Jesus explains, verse 29, Are not two sparrows sold for a cent? And yet not one of them will fall to the ground apart from your Father. Therefore, do not fear. He doesn't say that a sparrow will never fall. He says the sparrows will fall. Christ and Scripture are very very forthright. Bad things happen, even to innocent little birds. Bad things happen, tragic, unfair, senseless things happen in this world and in our lives. That's just the way it is. What he's saying is they do not happen apart from your Father who is in heaven. Bad things happen, but they do not happen apart from your father. God is never absent from the equation. As the NIV puts that phrase, "Spare will not fall outside of your father's care." Bad things happen, but it never means that your heavenly father doesn't care. Jesus says, "Don't don't be afraid of what can kill you. Cancer is not the thing to fear. Fear God. Fear God, don't fear circumstances. Fear God, don't fear people. Fear God, don't fear pain. Fear God, don't fear death. Fear God, don't fear what they might do to you. Fear God, don't fear rejection. He says in an interesting way, fear him who can throw both body and soul into hell. Kind of strong language. In the New Living Translation, it says, Don't be afraid of those who want to kill your body. They can't touch your soul. Fear only God. The idea being, He's the one who's greater. Exemplified by the phrase, Who can destroy both soul and body in hell. People can only do so much to you. But God is far greater. He holds eternity in His hands. He's getting nice, He's trying to make the disciples think about the things of eternity. Don't be overwhelmed by the mere temporal circumstances as bad as they are. I want you to think about eternal things and let it bring you to the fear of God. This is what it means to fear God. To fear God is to revere, respect, honor, extol, and trust Him enough to believe by faith that He is good, sovereign, and present when life is hard, cool, and out of control what it means to fear God and then to honor Him in that way you see life is always going to present things that will incite fear right illness impending death rejection financial hardships failure loneliness abandonment the unknown loss of control and when these things happen we have a choice to either fear God or fear everything else And to fear God at the very minimum means to trust him. Everything around you is saying he can't be trusted. Faith in the pace of pain is this, trusting God's goodness despite any apparent evidence against it. Jesus moves us to this logic. The reason that we don't have to be afraid is nothing hard happens apart from our father's care. So we we can't accuse God anymore of not caring. Jesus said that's not true. He always cares, he's always present. And his presence proves that he cares and it soothes our fears. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? For thou art with me. It's the only answer to that question. I'm in the valley of shadow of death. I won't fear evil. Why? For Thou art with me.
0: Psalm 18, verses 1 through 15. David sang this song after God delivered him from his enemies and established him as the King of Israel. But keep in mind that he often sang to God in the midst of his trials. It's easier to sing, After the Victory... It takes faith to sing during the battle, especially if you feel like you're losing. As David looked back on those difficult years, what did he see? I'll tell you what he saw. He saw God's faithfulness. God saved David, protected him, and strengthened him when Saul and his men were out to kill him. Is God your refuge and your strength? He also saw God's righteousness. Those have been stormy years for David. Yet God rescued him and upheld his dedicated servant. David had obeyed God's word and accomplished God's will, so God rewarded him. When the storms come, remember that God is greater than the storms and will help you to see the rainbow. Psalm 18, verses 1-15 through For the choir director of Psalm of David, the servant of the Lord, He sang this song to the Lord on the day the Lord rescued him from all his enemies and from Saul. I love you, Lord. You are my strength. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my Savior. My God is my rock, in whom I find protection. He is my shield, the strength of my salvation, and my stronghold. I will call on the Lord, who is worthy of praise, for He saves me from my enemies. The ropes of death surrounded me. The floods of destruction swept over me. The grave wrapped its ropes around me. Death itself stared me in the face. But in my distress, I cried out to the Lord. Yes, I pray to my God for help. He heard me from His sanctuary. My cry reached His ears. Then the earth quaked and trembled. The foundations of the mountains shook. They quaked. Because of his anger, smoke poured from his nostrils. Fierce flames leaped from his mouth. Glowing coals flamed forth from him. He opened the heavens and came down. Dark storm clouds were beneath his feet. Mounted on a mighty angel he flew, soaring on the wings of the wind. He shrouded himself in darkness, veiling his approach with dense rain clouds. THE BRILLIANCE OF HIS PRESENCE BROKE THROUGH THE CLOUDS, RAINING DOWN HAIL AND BURNING COALS. THE LORD THUNDERED FROM HEAVEN. THE MOST HIGH GAVE A MIGHTY SHOUT. HE SHOT HIS ARROWS AND SCATTERED HIS ENEMIES. HIS LIGHTNING FLASHED, AND THEY WERE GREATLY CONFUSED. THEN AT YOUR COMMAND, O LORD, AT THE BLAST OF YOUR BREATH, THE BOTTOM OF THE OCEAN COULD BE SEEN, AND THE FOUNDATIONS OF THE EARTH WERE LAID BARE. Proverbs chapter 4, verses 1 through 6. My children, listen to me. Listen to your father's instruction. Pay attention and grow wise, for I'm giving you good guidance. Don't turn away from my teaching, for I too was once my father's son, tenderly loved by my mother as an only child. My father told me, take my words to heart, follow my instructions, and you will live. Learn to be wise and develop good judgment. Don't forget or turn away from my words. Don't turn your back on wisdom, for she will protect you. Love her, and she will guard you.